Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this week's Porch here at VolQuest.com. I'm Eric Kane. Uh, appreciate you guys for hanging out with me here today and joining us here on the porch as we get set for Tennessee and South Carolina to conclude uh, the regular season for baseball. Been uh, been out this week, uh, been down uh, in Florida, and I appreciate Matt Ray and I appreciate Rob Lewis for uh, filling in for me the last four games for the Kentucky series and, of course, that midweek. And I appreciate you guys bearing with me during this absence. And and I'm back now and I'm ready to uh, t- tackle Tennessee South Carolina series and of course, uh, Hoover for the SEC tournament and wherever Tennessee uh, is placed in a regional. Hopefully, it'll be in Knoxville. We'll have to see about that. Uh, but ready for this final run for Tennessee baseball. And I couldn't do it without my friends over at Spivey King and Spivey LLP. Spivey King and Spivey LLP, attorneys at law. Uh, they have your best interests at heart, and they'll take care of you. 142 Cherokee Street in Kingsport, Tennessee. 423-245-4185. If you want to go ahead and give them a call uh, today or see them online at Spivey King and Spivey LLP. Uh, dot com could not do the porch without our friends over at Spivey King and Spivey LLP. You got a problem? Let them find a solution for you. T and trial lawyers. So uh, we got a lot to talk about, right? Um, just because I was away does not mean I wasn't dialed in, locked in, and watching everything that was going on. Um, it, it's it's really difficult in my in my line of work to to take uh, to take a break or a vacation, if you will, because. You know, you, you've got your your hands in, in this pot and this pot and this pot in terms of revenue, in terms of, you know, making a living. And so it's difficult to step away. But also, you know, when you're covering a team and everything, and even though a baseball season is long and it's every single weekend and all that type of stuff, it, it's not like you can just take a weekend off quotes. You know, it, it's it's difficult. And, and so I'm sitting here following the live stats, listening to, uh, you know, John and Vince and, and, and following along and everything. And I'm watching, I'm reading. And um, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, these bats, they, they just come alive, right? Against Kentucky, big leads in Friday, big leads in Saturday's game. It's like, wow. And then and then Kentucky came back and, and kind of mounted a comeback there and, and closed game one, lost 10 to 6. It's like, okay. You know, closed game two, lost 10 to 7. It's like, whew, all right. And then they just kind of took off there in game three, and, and Tennessee didn't have a good effort. And I've written about it in the 3 2 1, and, and we'll talk a little bit about it. But uh, regardless of what happened, you know, job well done to Tennessee. Job well done to Tennessee because you won your series at home against the number one team in the country in terms of RPI. You did what you were supposed to do. You got to lucky number 14, right? Been talking about it all season long. We've been, you know, looking at that number, circling it since Tennessee set at 5-10 and 10 in conference heading into the Vanderbilt series. Tennessee got there. Now, it's not a 100% guarantee, but usually 14-16 and 16 playing in the at Southeastern Conference with your schedule and your RPI, that's good enough to get you in. You want to you want to slam the door shut on any doubt whatsoever. Get one more win, get to fifteen uh, in, in Columbia this weekend because fifteen to fifteen, no doubt about it, one hundred percent lock. But Tennessee's going to make the postseason, and um, you know it, it, it's going to be interesting. The question is, are you in position to potentially host? Right. If you go on the road, and uh, we'll get we'll get into that in just a little bit moment. But uh, regardless, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. 
Uh, the Kentucky series was good for Tennessee. You did what you were supposed to do. Pitching the first two nights, really, really good. Chase Dolander, um, Andrew Lindsay, they continue to look, you know, Chase more like his old self a little bit. And, um, you know, Lindsay's looking like a number one, yeah, looking just just like, uh, you know, what Tennessee thought he could be when he came into Knoxville, when he, uh, you know, when, when Frank Anderson spotted him and, of course, you know, looked into him and dug into him. Uh, he's proving to be that number one type guy. So that's been good to see. Bullpen at times looked really sharp over the weekend. At times it did not. Um, you know, that ninth inning on on Saturday. Ugh. Like, what's going on there, right? Um, AJ Russell, I wrote about him 3 2 1. Man, he looked really good. And it's unfortunate because the rain came on Sunday. You know, he could have went much, much uh, longer. But uh, anyway, I, I thought Tennessee, job well done. Sunday sucked. Uh, Sunday wasn't fun, especially losing 10 to nothing, getting shut out at home. It's not what you want, but um, you, you got the important things out of the way. <clears throat> Excuse me, out of the way as my voice cracks. You got the important things out of the way. You won your series. You took care of business, and, and you did it uh, in style for the most part. So it sets the table. Of course, I'm recording this uh, before the game on Tuesday because of my schedule this week, because of Luke's schedule this week. He's got a lot going on. Uh, Tuesday during the day was kind of when we had a – a time that we could get together and film this. So Luke coming up here in just a moment, as always. Um, but I'm doing this before the Tuesday game, so uh, I'm I'm unaware if Luke, if uh, excuse me, if if Jared Dickey's going to play tonight. I, I assume he's not, um, but I'm unaware of you know how the game's going to go tonight. So just just a reminder. But Tennessee, you know, finishes off the regular season at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. So we'll see what happens. Kind of on that note, though, <clears throat> game two, something you never want to see. Uh, your best hitter. You know, trying to make an aggressive play, trying to make a play for your team and, you know, kind of awkwardly dive slides, whatever you want to call it. And um, he, he injures his shoulder a little bit. And uh, it was it was encouraging to see him stay in the game, go to left field. But when his spot in the order came back around and they pinched hit for him and it's like, oh, man, what's going on? And of course, he was in shorts and didn't take BP on Sunday. And, and Tony Vitello continued to say soreness, soreness, soreness. And in conversations that I've had at the beginning of the week, it's, you know, so, you know, one person I spoke to is calling it maybe a, just a, a strain, um, you know, day to day, nothing long term. Got to work the soreness out. I mean, I, everything I continue to hear is it's not a big deal, but but the soreness has got to go away and, and they're not going to rush him. And Tony Vitello even said that he's like, um, you know, you'll see him. He's not going to be here next year. You'll see him playing a ball uniform and then he's gone, but we're not going to rush him. You know, we're, we're, we're going to take our time and make sure it's the best thing, thing for him. So. Um, I would assume, again, I know you guys are going to be listening to this on Wednesday evening, and meaning that the Tuesday game will have already been played, but because I'm recording it before the Tuesday game, I would be shocked if Jared Dickey's playing on Tuesday. They're going to continue to let him rest, but we'll see if and when he can return to the lineup this weekend, but it's all about some soreness in that right shoulder, and they're going to be very precautious with him, very cautious with him because uh, they need him at his best, and Tennessee needs him. He is really, really good in the top of that order. He's riding, I think, a 14-game hitting streak. I believe 13 games in the SEC. He's hitting over 350 in Southeastern Conference, or on the season, and or, or in Southeastern Conference play. Regardless, he's hitting over three bills in, in both. He's looking really, really good doing it. So, um, you know, Tennessee needs Jared Dickey, but I, I think that they're going to get him, but it's just really just kind of a day-by-day situation. And as the week goes on and we get closer to Game one on Thursday. Again, I hope to find some more information, just like I always do, and and kind of relay relay that to you guys on the board. So uh, we'll see for sure. But that's that's something of note, and that's something to you know be on the lookout for. 
something I'll talk to Luke about here in a moment and something you guys were asking about in the Monday night chat and, and you know, a little bit uh, on a thread here there on the board over at VolQuest.com. Um, how, do, how would you do the pitching this weekend? And, and, and my goodness, man, it's, it's why Tony gets paid, what, 1.5, 1.4, whatever it is. It's why Frank Anderson gets paid what he does. He's the pitching coach of the year from Rawlings 2022. I mean, I have no clue how you go about managing your staff this weekend. Because, you know, last year, you never want to throw away a series. You never want to throw away anything. But last year, you were a record-setting team. You know, at this point in the season, you were, what, like, I don't know, 51 and 6, 51 and 5, whatever it was. And you could afford to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go out there and you know, throw one of them my, my midweek guys or, or whatever the case may be. Because I want to rest my arms and I want to put myself in the best situation to have my horses ready to roll when it counts, whether that's weekend of the SEC tournament, whether that's, you know, regional play, whether that's supers. You know, Tennessee's not necessarily in a position to do that right now. You need to win this series at South Carolina. South Carolina's playing for a lot as well. Uh, they've lost seven of the last nine SEC games. They're playing uh, to ensure that they host a regional. Tennessee is also playing to ensure that or to try to host a regional as well. Um, and so, you know, we'll see exactly, you know, which team kind of can prevail. But, you know, Tennessee, you want to win those first couple of games, you know, for sure. Uh, you want to win those those first couple of games without a doubt because, you know, it, it, it will um, ensure that you're kind of on the road to, you know, picking up a series win. Tennessee's been better in games one and games two the last couple of weeks, of course, you know, during that brutal stretch of Florida LSU and and um, you know the the, the gala there in the SEC play, they were like picking up game threes after you know losing games one and games two. But I I would go about it to where I'm trying to win game one and game two no matter what. So I'm throwing I'm throwing Andrew Lindsay, I'm throwing Chase Dolander, um, Cannon Sewell is available, Seth Halverson's available, Chase Burns is available, AJ Russell's available. You know all those guys because I want to win those games, and and because I want to win those games, maybe you stick with Drew Beam as your game three starter. And just see what's going on. Because I believe, you know, Tennessee is going to be playing on Tuesday, unless the ball sweep and Vanderbilt gets swept. Tennessee would be a four seed. If you get that first round by, wouldn't that be something? I'm not expecting that, nor should I encourage you guys to expect that. But I'm just saying that it's funky how things could work out. Uh, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> nonetheless, it's it, it's very intriguing to see how you're going to go about managing those arms. So on a normal weekend, maybe you give Beam a breather. But because you're going to have to turn around and play Tuesday in Hoover, you, you might need him to throw, right? And, and because you need this series win, in my opinion, or at least attempt to try to get it, uh, you know, I, I would go about maybe keep it at the same. Maybe it's a straight TBA situation. Maybe you, you know, pitch your horses Friday and Saturday. If you're in position, then you stick according to plan. If not, you go straight bullpen. I don't know. Uh, but but remember, you're going to be turned around playing Tuesday in Hoover for the for, you know for the most part, and so you've got to have a plan. And then Lindsey and Dolander, you know those guys are going to have to go on short rest. Will Cannon Sewell be asked to make a spot start? Will Seth Halverson be asked to make a spot start? Chase Burns, will he be asked to make a spot start? You know we'll have to see. You know Burns has been so great in that back in the bullpen. So I don't know how you manage your staff. I if it were me, and again I'm not a pitching coach, and I'm you know I'm not a coach and everything, so take it for what it is. I would roll the same this weekend because I would have AJ Russell starting on Tuesday. That's just what I'd be doing. And I would want all my horses available 
on Monday and two, or on, on Friday and Saturday in games one and games two because I want to win those. If if you're going bullpen or if you're going piggyback on, on Sunday's game or game three, then a lot of times you're going to be asking Halverson and or Sewell and or Burns to, to, to pitch a lot for you, and they might not be available for games one and games two. So anyway, that's how I would handle it. Um, and we'll continue to have more conversations leading into the SEC tournament when we when we see exactly what seeds NSE is, the matchups, the brackets, kind of how you go about it. Um, but for right now, that's how I would kind of deal with the pitching rotation this weekend. So we'll ask Luke about that here in just a moment as well and uh, and kind of get his thoughts. All right, before we get to Luke, let's take a look at South Carolina. Um, I'll have a preview coming out tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, get you set for Tennessee and South Carolina. But South Carolina, 37-14, and 15-11 in Southeastern Conference play. Uh, they have a 278 batting average, team batting average. That is 11th in the Southeastern Conference. They have a 393 ERA. That is second in the Southeastern Conference, only to wait for it, Tennessee. So really, really good pitching club. Really good pitching club. Uh, they are coming off a series loss at Arkansas where they dropped two of three. That was a really tight series, low scoring. The combined series score in that one, 10 to four in favor of the home team, the Hogs, the Razorbacks of Arkansas. They were swept by Kentucky in Lexington two weekends ago. They dropped two of three to Auburn at home three weeks ago. You have South Carolina that is riddled with injuries. And I'll get to that in a moment. They have dropped seven of their last nine SEC games, again, in series to Arkansas, Kentucky, and Auburn. It's a team that is not playing good baseball right now, a team looking for some momentum, and a team, much like Tennessee, fighting for a regional hosting spot. They are doing the same. They're trying not to let it slip away. This was once the number two team in the country just a few short weeks ago. Still, South Carolina's RPI, um, you know, at Tuesday of this week, entering Tuesday of this week, number three in the land. Rated by D1 Baseball, ranked by D1 Baseball earlier this week at number 13 in the country. So still a respectable team, still really, really good in the heart of the order, and I'll mention that here in just a moment, but a team that's reeling a little bit right now. Injuries have been a major reason why South Carolina has not been its best self here this week. Starting pitcher Noah Hall, 5-1, 329 ERA. He's been out since the end of March uh, with – with back issues, he is very much doubtful for this weekend. Uh, starting number one ace, Will Saunders, Sanders, four and three, five seventy-five ERA. He's not been himself here lately, and he was out last weekend um, against. Uh, I guess it would have been against Arkansas with an unspecified lower body injury. Um, I would say that he's questionable for this weekend, but um, you know Hall and Sanders—they're quite the one-two punch. But Sanders hadn't even been really himself. Uh, here of late, but he didn't pitch last weekend. So will he pitch this weekend? We'll have to find out. We'll have to see uh, who those probable starters are whenever they're released uh, later this week. Uh, one of their top relief pitchers, Eli Jerzenbeck, I believe is how you say his name. 0-1, 284 ERA. He suffered an arm injury against Kentucky two weekends ago. Let's say that he's probably doubtful for this weekend. Starting second baseman, Willis McGillis, Will McGillis, um, he's been out since mid-March with a broken bone in his wrist. Um, I've been told, I've, I've got some people down in South Carolina that I've been asking about, um, a couple of people that I've checked in with said, you know, he's questionable, he might not play, but he's close, and they might play him, play him simply because South Carolina needs the series win to, to preserve a, a regional host. So look for a second baseman, Will McGillis, 
uh, to, to potentially be playing this weekend coming back from injury. But, you know, South Carolina has been dealing with a ton of injuries. I, I just mentioned some of their top arms have been, you know, on the shelf for, for weeks upon weeks. One of the starting second basemen, you know, at the Keystone, he's been on the shelf for weeks and weeks still. It's been a really good heart of the order. The, the middle of the order for South Carolina has been really good. Uh, right fielder Ethan uh, Petrie, 377, 21 homers, 68 RBI, hits third in the order. Uh, catcher slash DH, Cole um, Messina, 316 average, 15 homers, 58 RBI. He hits cleanup in the order. First baseman Gavin Sauces, I don't know how to say his name. Sorry, guys. 264. The average is a little bit low, but 19 homers, 48 RBI. He hits fifth in the order. Designated hitter Braylon Wimmer, 298 average, 11 homers, 38 RBI. Um, he's also 13 of 38 stolen bases. He hits sixth in the order. So uh, some really good pop in that order, and especially in the heart of the order for South Carolina. One of the guys to take note of when he's in the game, when he's at the plate, but more importantly, when he's on the base pass, uh, Caleb Denny, a 9 of 10 stolen bases on the season. He would hit towards the bottom of the order. He would come on as a pinch runner, as a pinch hitter, as a late defensive replacement. Um, a lot of times he won't start, but he is a guy to watch out for on the base pass. A team that doesn't run an awful lot, but a team that is capable of running, especially with Denny, who I just mentioned, and with uh, with Braylon Wimmer. So um, last weekend's rotation against... Arkansas. It was really good for South Carolina. So, you know, wouldn't shock me if they rolled with these three out here again on Friday night. It was Eli Jones, um, a, a right-hander, I believe. Yeah. Right-handed a right-hander, Eli Jones. He went five innings, gave up four hits, two runs, 10 strikeouts and two walks. Really, really good appearance there from Eli Jones on Saturday. It was Jack Mahoney, another righty. He went seven innings, no runs, five hits, six strikeouts, and two walks. Really good start in Saturday from Jack Mahoney. And then on Sunday, Matthew Baker, uh, Becker, the Southpaw, uh, he pitched five and two-thirds, gave up four runs off six hits, seven strikeouts, and no walks. So, you know, anyway, even though that Sunday start was a little bit, you know, tough, really good outings from South Carolina's Eli Jones, Jack Mahoney, and Matthew Becker. What's the status of Noah Hall, who probably won't pitch this weekend? Will Will Sanders make his return? I don't know, but South Carolina's got pitching. They've got pitching, and they are going to be able to throw a lot of things at you. So Tennessee is going to have to be ready and have to be prepared uh, to take on just that. This is all a team, one of the best teams in the country. Just a few weeks ago, if they get healthy and start getting their mojo back, maybe they're one of the most dangerous teams in the country again. But right now, they're they're reeling. They're kind of sliding a little bit. Can Tennessee take advantage? Can Tennessee improve upon the 2-11 and 11 road series record that they have had on the season? Can you pick up some momentum heading into the postseason? Because, guys, if, if you don't, you're going to be playing on the road in regional play. You're going to be playing away from Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Can you figure it out? Can you get some momentum? We'll see. Um, that's one thing that this team just hasn't done all season long is play well uh, away from home. They've, they've overcome so many different obstacles. They've improved in so many different areas. Just like I said, going to Athens, um, you know, it's time to win on the road. Good teams win on the road. You know, we'll see if Tennessee can do that this weekend at South Carolina. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday series. Thursday is going to be at 7 o'clock Eastern time on the SEC Network Plus. Friday is going to be at 7 o'clock Eastern time 
on the SEC Network Plus and sat, yeah, Friday and then Saturday for game three. It's going to be at 2 o'clock Eastern time, and that will be on the bird, the SEC Network. All right, so that's going to do it for me. Let's get to Luke Lipsius. He is coming up next right here on the porch again. Appreciate you guys for sticking with it. Big thank you to Matt Ray and for Rob Lewis uh, for filling in for me the last couple of games and for uh, uh, keeping the, uh, the, the the cart in the lanes, if you will, the, the boat afloat. And uh, I'm back now. I'll be ready to cover the South Carolina series before heading to Hoover <clears throat> for the SEC tournament. So thank you guys for allowing uh, you know those guys to help you out. Big thanks to those guys for doing it. And a big thank you to Spivey King and Spivey LLP. Uh, tremendous, tremendous law firm that's been in place for uh, this partnership since 2012, but a, a, a firm that's been in place for 43 years that, you know, do incredible work in, in the greater East Tennessee area, you know, situated in Sullivan County, but they uh, they host a whole lot of surrounding counties and really are there for East Tennessee as a whole. Uh, you can go see them in person at 142 Cherokee Street in Kingsport, Tennessee. You can give them a call today for a free consultation. That's at 423-245-4185. A free consultation at 423-245-4185. Always visit them online at Spivey King and SpiveyLLP.com. Uh, they, you know, specialize in criminal defense. They, you know, if you have an injury in a car wreck or, or whatever the case may be, they can represent you there as well. If you're fighting for custody of your children, alimony, you know, divorce, all that type of stuff. If you've been if you have been accused of a crime, you know, they can be there to help. Um, and, and represents you. They understand the battles of the current legal, you know, and what it demands. And, and they've been there, done that. Uh, they're experienced. They're hardworking, and they can be there for you. So if the time ever comes when you need representation, I encourage you to give my friends a call at Spivey King and Spivey LLP. Again, a free consultation if you need it right now. It's at four two three two four five four one eight five. Spivey King and Spivey LLP. You got a problem? Let them find a solution for you. It's TN Trial Lawyers. Luke Lipsius is coming up next right here on The Porch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Luke, the final weekend of the regular season, it is here. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe the season has flown by, and uh, Tennessee's going to be on the road at South Carolina. A uh, big-time weekend coming up. But before we get into the Gamecocks, what did you think about Tennessee defending its home turf, winning a series against Kentucky last weekend against Kentucky to um, you know get, get over the hump and uh, to finish off the regular season at Lindsey Nelson Stadium? You know, it's uh, exciting to say, but I'm not surprised. They came out and did what they do at home. You know, they they really gave it to Kentucky both games. Um, what I love most was that Saturday game. You saw that uh, the the kind of two styles of offense all in the same game. You know, they they had 
I think at one point four runs on like five singles or whatever it was, maybe three runs on four singles. Um, so they would just hit, 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 hit. And then of course you load the bases and Dickie goes yard. Um, so it was just awesome to see that mix of not only manufacturing runs, but then also showing the long ball off. And of course we know what they can do as we saw on Friday with five or five homers, um, Griffin Merritt coming into his own. He's doing so well, staying hot. Simo again, staying hot. Um, the Vols have a lot of steam picking up going into this final weekend, playing a really, really good South Carolina squad. I think they're a little hurt, but you know, they're going to pitch it well. They're going to hit it well. They have one of the best freshmen in the country. Um, so it's, it's going to be really exciting. But yeah, this this Kentucky series put us in such a good position, not only for the postseason in the in terms of regionals, but also for that SEC tournament. If we collect two wins, um, that, that'll jump us in front of South Carolina. And then let's say Kentucky loses one at, to, at Florida, that'll jump Kentucky. So, you know, we're, we're positioned really well for a, a strong postseason run. What is it about playing at home at Lindsey Nelson Stadium? I I don't have the record in front of me. I probably should have wrote that down, but it's something incredible on the season, like thirty five and and three or four or something. Um, what is it about playing at home that makes Tennessee just so good? You know, uh, whenever it happened, I think it was in twenty twenty. There was kind of a flip in um, well culture, but also the vibes at Lindsey Nelson got so much better. And I think that's just what the Knoxville fan base brings is. When you're doing well, they love on you so hard and they get so excited for you and you can really feel it in the stadium. And, you know, as of now, that stadium's it's nice, but it's not super big. So you feel like everyone's on top of you and you, you can really feel that they're pushing for you. Um, and there's just comfortability. You know, you're in that routine of going to the yard, stretching, whatever, doing this, and you're kind of in your own world, so to speak. So um, it's comfortability plus playing in that, uh, that electric Lindsey Nelson atmosphere. That really makes it easy to play uh, at Lindsey Nelson if you're if you're uh, wearing orange, not not so much the other team. <laughs> Thirty three and four at home entering Tuesday night. <coughs> uh, we're recording this because because I'm out of town and, and Luke's got a lot of going on this week. Recording this earlier Tuesday before that game, but thirty three and four going into that last game at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. So that's a really 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 talented record. Incredible. Hey, uh, you know, spoke on this earlier, Jared Dickey. You know, Tennessee's best hitter. Uh, he's been incredible. A uh, little bit of an injury, uh, you know, kind of making a, a tough play, you know, head first slide, dive, whatever you want to call it, kind of mess up that shoulder a little bit. Uh, you know, it's kind of day-to-day uh, as at the time of this recording, day-to-day, still some soreness there, but uh, not believed to be something that's going to keep him out long-term. T- Tennessee needs him in the worst way. He's been incredible in the lineup, incredible in SEC play, and um, he th- there's there's a void there, you know, towards the top of the order when he's not hitting. Yeah, 100%. Um, it looked like he just dove kind of weird, you know, maybe landed funky on that shoulder. It shouldn't be too much of an issue. Uh, plus, knowing that guy, he's played through a, a broken foot. So he, I'm sure he can play through a little bit of shoulder soreness. Um, but yeah, like you said, especially with, you know, Burke's doing all right. He's just kind of hitting average. But Dickey's kind of that, uh, that electrifier in the lineup that when you need a big hit, he'll give it to you. When you need someone to get on, he'll give it to you. Um, so having him gone would be pretty detrimental, especially going into South Carolina, a really hostile environment. But with that being said, even if he is out for a game, maybe two, whatever it is, I do have a lot of confidence in the way that this lineup is playing. Um, you got C. Scott down at the bottom of the order, who's doing really well. You got Griffin Merritt, who's doing really well. Simo again. 
Um, you know, Maui's all right. Uh, Ensley's been doing well. But, yeah, I think the lineup will be fine without him. But that that having him in it makes us a lot better. You know, a couple of big moments uh, over the weekend series had A.J. Russell, the freshman, coming in and, and picking up some big timeouts. Um, I don't know how many times this year you've seen A.J. Russell pitch for Tennessee, but um, I feel like that is a future starter potentially next year for the Volunteers. He, he's got some really good stuff. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he has the the frame to do it. You know, he's got that tall, lanky frame. He looks like a starting pitcher. And whenever he comes in, he doesn't give up runs. I think he has like a one ERA on the season or whatever it is, uh, which is amazing for a freshman. So you see a guy who comes in, has that poise, is pitching like he's already a sophomore or a junior. Um, he's going to be really important down the stretch as we get into the postseason because that's when pitching kind of amplifies, especially in that SEC tournament when people become thin you need your guys to be able to eat up innings and not give up runs while doing so. So I think as far as this year is concerned, he's going to be a big piece in this postseason run. You know, we're talking about some of the good and some of the, uh, you know, so with some of that has to come some bad. And uh, Drew Beam, you know, in game three, he got roughed up again over the weekend. And I totaled him up in a, in a column that I wrote earlier earlier this week. And he's had three bad starts in his last five outings where, you know, he's only tossed, gosh, I, I want to say like, you know, six and one third over that course, giving up 18 runs, so, something something really bad. I don't have it in front of me. But nonetheless, Drew Beam's a guy that is, he's been there, done that. He's he's experienced. He's QB1. Um, kind of, I, I, again, I know you're not a pitcher, but are you seeing anything? Kind of maybe what, what's the root of his struggles here uh, so much of late? You know, it's it's weird because when I watch him, it doesn't seem like much is going off. Um, it could just be a little mental thing. You know, maybe he's just missing his spots a little too much. Um, I, I, I can't tell you what's going on because he has been so consistent and so consistently good over the past two years of his career. Um, and so it, it might just be like a, a reset, you know, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw him in the in the pen, especially now because you kind of got that whatever rolling, rolling. Uh, but he just needs to he needs to figure it out, and uh, no one could really tell him how to do that besides himself. And it kind of leads me to my next question: um, Going into the last weekend of the regular season and knowing what's coming up in Hoover, you're going to be playing on Tuesday. Um, you're going to be playing five games potentially if you run the you know run the table there, and, and knowing you might need AJ Russell to pitch that first game. Can I, how do you go about beam this weekend? I, do you, you just leave, leave it as is? If you wanted to bullpen that game three, then you know you're really taking away some of your horses for game one and game two to go win those games and and solidify maybe better seating or or maybe your shot to host a regional. Kind of how would you go about pitching this last weekend? You know, I think it depends. Um, Going into the tournament, if we can win two from South Carolina, that puts us in a lot uh, more leverage position going into the tournament and can, can kind of experiment with stuff. You know, I think um, Lindsey and Dolly, if they do what they need to do on Sunday, then you could think about maybe throwing a, a Russell in for that Sunday start, give Beam a break, a little reset, have him come in um, at the back of a bullpen. Um, but yeah, those, those first two, two games are really going to dictate how we handle that Sunday game and then how we handle going into Hoover. Um, cause having that quick turnaround from Saturday to Tuesday is not fun. So you might even see a, uh, a different starter on that Tuesday game than you would in Lindsay. 
Um, that's what we've done. Um, you know, it, it sucks that Halvey isn't pitching the way that we thought he would. Um, and it's it sucks that Burns is doing so well in the pen. You know, you almost don't want to leave him out there. But with that being said, we do have an ample amount of starters. You know, we got um, Burns, Lindsey, Dolly. Sewell has experience starting. Halvey has experience starting. Um, and then you got guys like Russell who could give you maybe four, hopefully five innings. So we're not hurting on starting. It's just leaving it up to the, the coaching staff to manage that bullpen and manage the starting pitchers to set us up in a way. Because I think you go Tuesday um, and then the tournament ends on Saturday or Sunday. So that's five five days or whatever it is. If you go to the championship, it's Sunday. Yeah, yeah, championship on Sunday. So that means that that Tuesday starter could get recycled towards the back end of the tournament. But, you know, I, I think that they're going to take it one game at a time. If we win Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, then we'll be in a lot better position to um, play the tournament how we want to. Yeah, you're kind of in that tricky position to where, and, I mean, I even felt this way about you guys last year. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, hardware, selfies on the field. I mean, all that's fun. And I'm glad you guys had that experience. But if you guys were to lose Thursday or Friday in Hoover, it's like, Okay, who cares? So what? Some some few days of rest. And I think Tennessee's in this position to where if you win a couple games in Hoover, I mean, you're you're hosting, right? And so you kind of need it. But then again, if you lose on Tuesday or Wednesday, it's like, oh, well, that might be a blessing in disguise. It's it's just kind of one of those weird things about a conference tournament in baseball at the tail end of the regular season. Yeah, the uh, what we always said going into Hoover was you either want to lose early or you want to win it all. There's no <laughs> in between, you know, because if you get two, three games in and then you lose and you've already burned those pitchers, you have to go into regionals doing whatever. But yeah, like you said, um, if we can get two, three, four wins, then we've almost solidified us as a host. Now, with that being said, we do have to win um, this next a lot could happen over the next few days, right? So yeah. depending on what happens at South Carolina, if we come out with a win, I think we're basically a lock for a host spot as long as we just don't absolutely uh, blow it in the tournament. If we win one, got to probably win one or two to host. Um, we win three, we're a lock. We win zero. Then we got to really do some work in the tournament. So like I said, it uh, what it's almost more of a – incentive to just focus on this weekend and not even look ahead to the tournament because the better you do this weekend the easier the tournament will play out yeah I was I was about to ask that I mean as a player as a leader in that dugout like you were last year how do you stay grounded you know Tony Vitello said going into the Kentucky series you know he was asked uh you need this series at home in the worst way you know how do you how do you stay grounded? He was like, you know, Pat Summit always said you got to stay where your feet are, but it's easier said than done. As a player, you know all these different possibilities and this and that, and you got to watch this team. How do you stay grounded? Yeah, so if just look at it kind of objectively, you know, you're going to Hoover. Seeding where you are doesn't necessarily matter. You're not going to break that top four seed where you get that by. Um, and so it's – it just all is pointing to, hey, let's focus on South Carolina. Let's put us into a position to make the committee think about hosting us. Um, and so that is just getting two wins. You know, 16 is almost that magical number to at least host a regional. Um, 17, 18, you're talking about hosting supers. But it's just winning series. You know, you can harp on it. You know, we haven't been good on the road. We got a chance against a really good South Carolina team coming off a win against Arkansas. You got 
this and that and the other. Uh, just focus on what you got ahead of yourselves. And that's what the coaching staff has done a really good job of is telling is teaching us how to focus on whatever we got at the moment. Because, you know, another thing is nobody likes South Carolina. Just just go beat them for sake of beating them. Um, it's just all these these little things to kind of motivate yourself in the moment that you learn and pick up. And um, I think that we instilled enough of that in the younger guys that they can pass it down to the team this year and, and do what they need to do. You know, South Carolina's kind of reeling um, here lately. They've lost seven of the last nine conference games, still mm-hmm. uh, ranked top 15, number 13 there in the week. They've got the third toughest RPI schedule. Um, Noah Hall, starting pitcher, he's been out since, you know, the end of March. Will Sanders, who's their number one guy here lately, he missed last weekend starts. One of the top relievers, he's been out uh, for a while and, and potentially is is out this weekend. Uh, second baseman, Will McGillis, um, he's been out since mid-March. Um, he might play this weekend. But again, they, as you mentioned earlier, earlier South Carolina's kind of going through it in terms of the injuries here lately. But uh, a talented team and a team very capable of, of beating you and defending its home field as well, just like Tennessee um, you know, any, any challenges in terms of what you remember about playing South Carolina, playing at South Carolina, um, anybody that might still be on that roster that kind of jumps out to you? Yeah, well, they have that that they had that one two horse in, in Hall and Sanders, who are both really good. Um, yeah. You know, Sanders isn't kind of isn't doing what people thought he would. Uh, Hall, we don't know if he's going to pitch, but. Um, they're, they're just a solid team. They're going to pitch really well. They got some dogs in the bullpen. And then, of course, that lineup is very scary when it's running right. You know, if I, I think Petrie, he looks like – or not. Yeah, yeah, Petrie, he looks about seven foot when he steps in the box. You know, that's just scary <laughs> as a, a pitcher to face. But, again, like, you face the dogs of the SEC. Once you play LSU in Florida, I feel like it doesn't get any harder than that, you know, especially this year. So it's you can lean on that. You know, we've already been to the top. We did all right, you know, not where we wanted to be. But let's go show them that we can make a run in the postseason, that we, we can do this crazy stuff. But, you know, it's it's going into someone else's yard. South Carolina's pretty hostile environment. Um, really nice park down there. But I remember their fans, they would be DMing you on Instagram before the games, after the games, all this stuff. So it's, it's just blocking out all the noise um, and, and going playing your style of ball. We'll see what happens after Tennessee uh, heads down to Columbia uh, this weekend to finish off the regular season. Uh, Luke and I will get together, hopefully at some point, uh, before Tennessee takes the field in the SEC tournament next week. We'll have to play it by ear, but we'll get together uh, next weekend as well. Uh, but it's it's kind of weird, man. We're at, the, we're at the end of the season almost before this run in the playoffs, and uh, we'll have to see what Tennessee does. But what have you liked the most about this team, I guess? Uh, you know, with me, I love seeing – a, a, a team get better and better and better. Now there are still areas where they can get a whole lot better and, and where they struggle. They've struggled on the road, but just seeing this lineup become deeper, everybody have their specific roles. I love the bottom of that order with what Scott and, and Stark lately and, um, you know, Zane Denton. Um, I, I love kind of what they've been doing here lately. That's been one of my favorite things to kind of watch this lineup solidify as the year's gone on. What's been one of your favorite things about this Tennessee Volunteers team? I think it was that turning point in the middle of the season. You know, I, I, I was telling my buddies, I say, hey, if we win this series, and that was against Vandy, um, people will look back and say, this is where we turned it around. And it's just the fact that they went complete 180 and basically flipped their season from a wash to, hey, we got a really good chance of not only hosting, but making a run in the postseason. That's just so cool to see. 
uh, a group of guys be able to come into their own, start performing and um, just do what they do. You know, it's it's so hard to come off a 57 win season, setting all these records, all this pressure on you, especially as such an inexperienced team and just say, hey, we're not them. You know, we had a bad first half. This this year's a wash, rebuild, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the fact that they turned it around, they didn't let that stop them. And we see this lineup doing what everyone thought that they would be doing the whole year, just absolutely, absolutely raking, you know, uh, we're playing good defense. We're pitching a lot better too. It's just so cool to see a turnaround. And then I think we're really poised really well to make a good run in this postseason. Luke Lipsius, former Tennessee first baseman, home run king. Appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll uh, we'll get after it before the SEC tournament next week. Of course. Sounds good. Always a pleasure. All right. That is Tennessee, former Tennessee first baseman Luke Lipsius joining me here on the porch uh, every single week, VolQuest.com. A little bit of a makeshift studio here as I've been on the road. Luke has been on the road as well. So we had to get in after it uh, and, and record before Tuesday's midweek contest. So I uh, didn't get a chance to talk about the midweek. And of course, with it being an early uh, weekend, uh, this weekend across the league, had to get in and, and, and record it and set it up to to be released Wednesday. Um, so we had to record it a little bit early, but uh, it's all good. I will be back this weekend. Um, don't believe I'm going to be going to South Carolina because uh, of the quick turnaround going to Hoover. I will be in Hoover. So uh, I think I'm going to cover the series from the house, but I'll be back. I'll be on the general general's quarters, uh, chatting with you guys, hanging out with you guys. I'll have a preview coming out Thursday morning, and uh, we'll get going. Big weekend for Tennessee baseball, no doubt about it. Can you take two or three on the road? If you do, you're putting yourself in a nice little spot to host a regional. Can you get one more win? You will 100% lock up, no doubt about it. Slam the door shut on uh, any doubt for postseason play, but you're already in a pretty good spot uh, right now. When will we see Jared Dickey get back out on that field? Uh, we'll find out, you know, and uh, we'll be looking forward to that. A talented South Carolina team awaits Tennessee this weekend in Columbia, South Carolina. We'll have all the coverage for you right here at VolQuest.com. Uh, big thanks to Spivey King and Spivey LLP for making coverage of the porch possible. Uh, couldn't do it without them. Thank them so much. And if you ever have a need to be represented, Spivey King and Spivey LLP has got you covered. I, I sincerely mean that. Good people that have your best interests at heart. Spivey King and Spivey LLP. Uh, for Luke Lipsius, I'm Eric Kane. Thank you so much for listening and watching The Porch here at VolQuest.com. 